complex. So is our mental health. It cannot be understood by diagnosis alone. Our philosophy is treat the person, not the mental illness. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another interesting episode of the Humanizing Mental Health Podcast. I'm Trent Nakers. And I'm Jeremy Alcorn. Canadian philosopher Herbert Marshall McLuhan famously said that the medium is the message. In those few words, he tried to make us aware that how we communicate can be even more significant than what we are trying to say. Being mindful of how we connect seems to be even more critical today than when those words were published back in 1964. It's not an overstatement to say that smartphones are one of the most common pieces of technology on the planet today. Statista reports that smartphone ownership has steadily risen since 2007 with the introduction of the iPhone to reach approximately 46.5% of the world's population today. In fact, you're likely listening to us on one of these devices. With this technology becoming an ever-present part of our short of our lives in such a short period, it's easy to overlook not only how it continues to shape our lives and the way we communicate, but also when these devices have overtaken them. Today on the podcast, we are going to consider these and other crucial questions. To help us out with our exploration of this timely topic is a young lady that brought it to our attention. On that note, we'd like to welcome to the HMH podcast, Miss Alyssa Milner. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. Hi. Um, so I'm wondering if you can tell um, our listening audience a little bit about yourself. Well, well, I'm Alyssa Milner. Of course. And I am 18 years old, so I just graduated this year. In the fall, I'm going to take a Bachelor of Science in a, at a university. And outside of school, I like kayaking and rock climbing and art. Kind of just a little bit of everything. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah. you sound like a very active person. And I think you also have a very special connection with our very own Jeremy Alcorn, do you uh, not? Yeah. You know, we've we've known each other since you were just a little kid, right? You, yeah. Uh, you moved from Edmonton and you would have been, what? Five? Five, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought five years old. And we uh, attended church uh, together over the, the last, whatever that is, 13 years. Wow, it's a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird to say that like I'm 18 and I can say 10 years ago just <laughs> yeah. reached that little point in my life yeah in yeah. fact uh, kind of how this came together um, I was sitting in church and I was I was listening to a talk who happened to be you <laughs> and you were you yes. were talking about um, about phones you, you were talking about mm-hmm. your friends you were talking about um, the amount of like anxiety, depression that it seems uh, to be occurring for for youth, and and you pointed out that one of the variables involved in this is uh, is people's phones, and yeah. I thought, you know, what what that message that you were saying and what you were talking about was so important. In fact, I don't imagine that uh, that that you're in a place in which you're like. Uh, expecting or, or thinking at this point in your life, you know what? I'm going to be on a podcast um, with, with a, no. cu- a couple of master level social workers <laughs> discussing some of the foundations of human wellness. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's definitely an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I'm so happy to be here. And, and so uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued if you want to kind of pull back to that moment in which you were preparing to share a message with uh, with the church congregation and uh, kind of the 
the, the key points that that seem so critical in, in, in that conversation about mental health and phones? Well, um, I just have noticed so many... I, I've noticed so many points in my life where I'll be on my phone and then think to myself, why am I on my phone right now? But then I just can't bring myself to get off it. Mm. And I think so many people go through that. Like, I talk to my parents, and then they also feel the same way. And then I also thought about my friends and how many of them suffer from mental illness and how my mood changes (laughs) when... Um, just depending on how long I'm on my phone that day, like depending on if I'm on my phone for long amounts of time, I'm not as motivated to do stuff. And I've, I guess back to the whole friends thing, um, I've noticed that so many people my age suffer from mental illness. And I thought, why is that? Like, why are there so many more people in my generation than in my parents? And I noticed that, like, the only difference I could really think of is cell phones. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, no, and, and that, like, as you hear that, I'm trying, I'm thinking about, like, the average person. Like, when you get up in the morning, what's the first thing that you look at? I mean, for a lot of us, and even for me, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I check my phone. Last thing I look at night is my phone. I'm in a relationship more with my phone face to face than I am with other things, especially now for a lot of us when we're when we're in a pandemic, like we're looking at screens more than anything else. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and I'm a little bit curious, Alyssa, like if you were to ballpark it, if you were to think about yourself, your family, your friends, how many hours a day would you say in general you spend on your cell phone? Well, um, there's that handy feature on your phone that tells you your daily average weekly, and it kind of gives me a little panic attack every Sunday when that pops up. But okay, no. <laughs> what do you mean it's up seventy four percent? Something is wrong here. Oh, my, right. my phone was doing I don't know. It was the it was on. I wasn't looking at it. I think that's what we call professionally rationalization. <laughs> I, yeah. no, am I wrong there, Jerem? <laughs> no, no, no. The, one of the for sure. One, one of the interesting things is, is you say that in that question, Trent, about what is your average? How many people are paying attention to that thing popping yeah. up and and are, are actually paying attention to it? So, yeah. do, you, do you know? Do you know what your your average yeah, is? Yeah. So recently has been four hours but like a few months ago I had it about an hour a day lately it's been more because I've been at work and texting my boss and doing art and using my phone as art reference and watching yoga videos and doing exercises while I'll be on my phone so if I watch um well if I'm on YouTube for 40 minutes doing exercise, mm-hmm. well, it just increased my screen time 40 right. minutes. Right, right, for sure. And, and, and it's yeah. like, oh, you need to diminish that. Stop doing yoga. 
right? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, and I, th- I think that brings up a very useful point because I remember I, I'd made this post a while ago on Facebook where it, it said that screen time is not always indicative of what you're doing on your phone. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. the question is, is that if we're going to use these devices, what way can we make their use meaningful? Sure. Like, like for example, yoga. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, when I think about what um, a good amount of screen time a day looks like, it really depends on the person. Because for me, I use my phone for so many things. I text my boss. I do exercise, I, as I said before. And, you know, that really depends on what I'm doing that day. Sometimes I'm on a FaceTime with a friend, you know, and that also takes longer. And so it really depends on the person. Sure. In in fact, that could be an incredible thing that Mm -hmm. that FaceTime with a friend um, is a more connecting experience than texting or than having just an audio call with somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and so so we can't just use that specific variable. How long I've been on my phone Mm -hmm. um, for sure, because, you know, historically people used to go. Um, you know, look at, don't disturb dad, he's reading the paper, you know, and, and, and it was seen as this this important yeah. thing of keeping in touch with what is going on in the world. Um, and, uh, and at this point in time, someone could, could look at me and go, what are you doing on your phone? You've been just absorbed. And it's like, actually, I'm reading the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, is my, this is my paper, as it were. Or uh, someone says, actually, I'm reading scriptures. I'm, I'm studying scriptures and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then, then all of a sudden it's like, well, is that, is that if I had a physical book in front of me, would you be judging me right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there again, too, I, I think that, that that's a really good point is that because when we talk about technology, I remember reading or I mean, if you look at all the new pieces of technology that we've had, like whether it be all the way back with books, like with the ancient Greeks, they thought books were the downfall. And then it was radio. And then it was the horseless carriage or the car. And then it was television. And they've actually done a metric and it said that it takes about 200, 100 to 200 years for a piece of technology to actually be integrated into our society completely. I mean, if we look at that, we're just up to the automobile now. Yeah, and, and in fact, um, that's part of what makes us scary, right? Mm-hmm. Because the phone is integrated, and we don't really know what we're doing with it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like that, that quote from Captain Kirk, where he said, you know, our weapons grew faster than our wisdom, and we nearly mm-hmm. destroyed ourselves. So the question is, okay, our, well, I mean, phones are not weapons. I mean, you know, like, it depends, you know, if you hug it across the room. <laughs> Man. Oh, oh, I got one right here. I can make it a weapon. <laughs> oh, hey, hang on. No, Alyssa did her yoga. Alyssa, okay, Alyssa did her yoga for the day. I went to the gym. I don't need more cardio. Thank you. You know, but yeah, like the question is, is that, how can we how can we up our wisdom to meet our technology sure and and recognize um around what it does this look like in terms of how we're using this so um you you brought up a really good point that is to say you're you're looking at hey there has been a tremendous increase in the amount of, of mental health concerns that are happening in our society. And one of the variables that have changed in that period of time has been that people are, are carrying this phone with them 
everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that's probably an important variable. Not certainly there's there's probably a, a range of dynamics that also are going on, uh, but but this is is one thing that that is significant. You say, huh? When that correlates, it's pretty ha- hard to say that it's not part of 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 the cause, right? Yeah, and like we we. You know, correlations happen all the time that don't end up being causes to things, um, but but it's pretty hard in that to say that it isn't it isn't relevant. Um, so one of the things that I'm, I'm wondering about, and 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 I think just from knowing you a little bit, knowing your family, um, and, and I don't want to jump to a conclusion. That's why I'm going to ask the question. But I, I just I think that actually your uh, relationship with screens isn't actually the same as your peers. Um, like what? What would you mean by that? So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what, what, what I mean is what, you're asking me. <laughs> yeah, what what I, yeah. what I mean is that um, I I don't think that um, that you are on your phone as much as your peers. Yeah. Well, I really try and make an effort to not be on my phone. Um, and well, what we were talking about earlier is how you know back in the day we like stay from dad. He's reading the paper, um, and now you can be on your phone and read the paper and everything. But the difference is that you're on your phone and then you're reading the paper and then a notification pops up, mm. and you're not actually focused at one thing at a time, and it just drives me nuts. Because okay. I want to be focused at one thing at a time, you know, and then... Where did you get that from, by the way? Yeah. The one thing at a time thing. Yeah, I, I was curious about that as well. Like, who really influenced your relationship with technology? Yeah. Um, I just thought of it right now, but I'm just that wise. <laughs> and like no, I, I just thought about it a lot, about my relation to my phone and what I can do to stay off of it. And I've... I do a lot of my budgeting online and I have an app that I'm always on and I find myself going onto different apps like, oh, I'm tired of this, pull up Instagram. And it's like, why did I just do that? Right now, I need to be focused on budgeting, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, because w- one of the, the issues that happened in our mm-hmm. world is there, there used to be a, a, a process in which they're saying, hey... We need to be the most effective we can with our time. Mm-hmm. And to be most effective means you need to multitask. And that was seen as like this very yeah. important skill set. And, um, and, that's and now, impossible. And now, now that's very pu- pushed away from that significantly. Yeah. They're going, you, you, you want to be well, then do one thing at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I'm, I'm, I think that you've probably read the same stuff I have, Jared, where they talk about the fact that when you try and multitask, actually your ability to actually react goes down significantly. I mean, that's also one of the reasons why they say you shouldn't text and drive, that actually texting and driving is worse than actually being drunk behind the wheel because, I mean... When you're drunk, your you know your reaction time is slowed. But because our brain really didn't evolve for that rapid switching, what it, 
how our brain really works is it puts all energy in one area and then when you say okay stop wait i need to go to something else it's kind of like everybody kind of backs out of that room and then the crowd goes over there so when you're going from one thing to the other you're not able to really put your full energy in yeah that makes me think of what my teacher said one time when he was making a little spiel about phones and how you need to stay off them and put your phones on silent he said that he read some time um read somewhere on the internet that <laughs> he was using a phone he was using a phone to for f- learn how to not use your phone <laughs> wait wait okay now all i can yeah. think, think of it is like inception it's a dream within a dream within a dream yeah yeah, yeah so what it was was um well i don't remember remember how many seconds it was but it takes five five seconds or 15 30 um to get back on focus after you know, writing an essay and then your phone buzzes in your pocket and then boom, that's where your mind goes. You think right to your phone and it takes a long time for your brain to switch back over to writing that essay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. you so much less productive and I guess that's productivity, but also mental health wise, like I'm not as... um I. So, so was I yeah. right in saying that your relationship with your phone isn't necessarily yeah, representing so, yeah. the average? Yeah. yeah. Can, can we can we throw a, a, a curveball in here? Sure. No, no, this is interesting because, of course, uh, phones being one of the biggest movement forward in technology, um, and uh, and and as I uh, am aware, your your dad is actually a computer engineer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so technology is actually something that you've grown up with your whole life that mm-hmm. has been woven into your experience. Yeah. And my parents have seen like the huge importance of technology or just how it can really help and benefit your life because that's what my dad does for his job. And with that, they've done a really good job of teaching us as we've grown up of how to manage that technology mm. and teaching us about how we can use our phones for budgeting online. Yeah. So it, it, it's almost like a chef that, you know, he bakes all of these things. He bakes mm-hmm. all of these wonderful cookies. He knows everything that goes into it. And he says, you know, you can eat these things. Just make sure it's in balance. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and it almost makes me think of, because I've read somewhere too that many of the engineers that work in Silicon Valley actually ban um, smartphones and other types of technology from their home because they know how addictive it is. And they've put those rules in place because they don't want their children to develop those kind of habits. Sure. Yeah. So, so then what have you seen? You say, okay, we go, you know, there's, there's this massive uh, movement uh, if, uh, sorry, sorry, negative movement forward mm-hmm. in terms of the number of people experiencing mental illness, and uh, and 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 you're really coming from this position of curiosity as part of that process, and you're looking, and you're seeing what's going on around you. What did you see? What did you see from your peers? Mm-hmm. Um, well, grade seven, everyone starts getting a phone, and. They're just on their phone in the school hallway, and I didn't have a phone then. <laughs> it, when I was 12, what year, I got, what year were you born again? Uh, 2003. Yeah, so then four years before the iPhone came out. So it was like, actually, you are like the perfect representation of youth that evolved in that that 
yeah. transition to when the yeah. smartphones became a big thing. So I'm seeing parents also struggling at the same, um, struggling with their kids. Like, here's a phone. I have a phone. You're getting the phone at the same time, and then they're teaching their kids, and they don't really know how to manage a phone themselves. So how are they able to teach their kids how to manage that? Mm. And I mean, I'm not pointing fingers or anything. I'm 18 years old, but I, oh, I just thought that was um, sure. an interesting, like like an you, interesting like, thing. like 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 you're not saying, oh, you bad yeah. parents, um, you um, evil people that addicted your children to phones. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I get that. Like what what you're you're talking about is just what you've seen. Yeah, and my mm-hmm. my parents have brought this up too, just saying that how this wasn't a factor when they were growing up. And so, how are, how would they know how to manage it now? Yeah, and and you know, I think mm-hmm. that that like even when you say like the parents were getting a phone and oh, this is a wonderful thing. Oh, what you know, like oh, here we'll give it to the kids because mm-hmm. it'll entertain them. And I I think that that's something that's when when something new comes out, you know, we don't kind of stop and think, okay, oh wow, this is great. Hang on how is this going to impact our lives and how are we going to integrate this in such a way and um, kind of um, say, okay, what are good limits? You know, it's kind of like saying when you bring the uh, television into the home, you know, like, okay, when are we going to watch TV? Like, what are reasonable hours? It just... We, it's human beings are like that. We just kind of jump in and we we like something, so we get it until we have too much of a fill of it. In some ways, yeah. yeah. In fact, that's where I was going to. Like realistically, I don't I don't know Trent. Uh, I'm a bit older than than you, but not that far away in terms of cohort. And um, both of us have a, a very passionate um, liking for pop culture mm-hmm. and spend a lot of time watching the 19. 19- 67 spider-man you know series over and over <laughs> and over again um, yeah. along with a variety of other of other things and um certainly for me this the amount of screen i don't think really changed very much it's just that it used to be passive that that is whatever was on tv was what i was watching and i would mm. live my life around it that is <gasps> Transformers is on at at four o'clock, so I'm sorry I can't play because Transformers is on, and and, and I'm gonna miss it. So goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And uh, and 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 part of that transition being that uh, I don't know if there was necessarily my parents tried to put good boundaries in, but that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but part of that being then take that and put it in your pocket. I mean, I, I wasn't able to carry my tube TV around in my pocket and just watch whatever I wanted when I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and then some of the dynamic that would turn out there that it'd be like uh, parents really need to get something done or whatever and they know that, hey, cartoons are on. I'm going to go and I'm going to get these dishes done. I'm going to do these other things. My kid's occupied um, for this moment. Well, then take that to a whole nother level. We're going to a restaurant. I don't want my kid to act out. Here, I'm going to hand him my, this, my iPad or my phone. And not realizing how dangerous that actually is. And it gets so out of control. What I was saying before is in grade seven, you know, I didn't have a phone. And then when I did get a tablet, not a phone, all my friends would be in, on their phones in the hallway. And then I would just have this inclination to pee on a device because everyone else is. So I pull out my tablet and realize... 
well, I can't do anything on here. I don't have data. I'm just scrolling through the pages doing absolutely nothing just because everyone is on a screen. So I feel like I need to be. Yeah. You know what? And, and I think that, uh, that I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of imagining you like you're, you're trying to be, you know, one of the crowd, one of the cohort, but then yeah. it's like, you know, it's kind of like having a window into the candy store, but not actually being able to go in. And if you just look at the candy, it kind of loses its appeal because you're not actually tasting it. Yeah, and and I think your your parents were probably rather wise and strategic. Mm-hmm. That is to say, mm-hmm. sure, here's this device. When you're in Wi-Fi, then you have the ability to text people. You could even call people from it and so forth. Mm-hmm. But it also sets some just natural limits. Yeah. Well, and there again, too, with those natural limits, in in what way did those natural limits also kind of um, set up your relationship to the Internet, to screens, and sort of... Because it sounds to me like you were really looking around. You were... You were kind of more cognizant. You just weren't thrown in um, to the deep end and kind of like everybody else. You were actually kind of almost sitting on the edge of the pool and kind of seeing how other people were reacting and only got to dip your toe in from time to time. So that kind of, I'm wondering if that really helped to set up that relationship too sure. as well. Sure. You know, that makes sense to me. Yeah, like I, I definitely saw phone addiction before I got a phone mm-hmm. and I think that was a big part of it uh, as I saw the addiction and then I thought about how can I manage this and then I got a phone and it was out of control and I'm like what did I just do now what do you what do you what does out of control look like to yeah. you yeah that's what I was thinking I was thinking yeah. like what does what does actually addiction look like to you what does out of control look like um like having an urge to pick up your phone when there's no notification or it's on silent and you think, oh, maybe someone texted me or just looking at your phone to check the time, putting it away, realizing that the time went and went through your eyes and then out the other, you know, and then you have to look at it again. Oh, wait, actually, what was the time? You just checked your phone just to check the phone. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because um, actually I, I remember reading quite a while ago that actually... Um, how our smartphones actually work is actually very similar to slot machines. And actually, slot machines are sure. based off of the same sort of studies that they did with um, rodents and with rats. And what they found with them is that you can't actually give them constant feedback all the time because eventually they'll get accustomed to that dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. So you do it every once in a while or infrequently. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like the, the most powerful reinforcement is random. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and so what it means is then we chase, we chase, we chase, we chase because <gasps> it just could be now. I mean, really it's no different than someone that's going fishing. If yeah. they just continued to not catch fish, they would stop fishing. Yeah. But every once in a while, boom. And and they're like, oh, you know what? It's going to be this next cast. I'm going to get the big one. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, oh, I think that there's a particular connection to social media with that. Like, that's all social media is. It is designed to be addictive. Yeah. To grab a hook. Mm-hmm. Hook. Yeah. Hook. And, 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 and keep somebody there with mm-hmm. the, those hooks every time that you would find a spot in which this is not as connecting than the new hook. Yeah, and on my phone right now, um, I go and go on points of deleting social media and then re-downloading, trying out, seeing if I'm going to be able to manage having social media on my and my phone at the same time, you know. Um, 
But like right now, I don't have social media in my phone and I'm still having those urges to check my phone and go to social media and then realize, oh, wait, I deleted the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious. Do you ever get um, the the phantom ring, or like, or they like they they talk about like the the phantom? Oh, it's like oh, my pocket vibrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait you, a minute, it didn't vibrate. Yeah, yeah. And because <laughs> and, and actually that that that's an actual physical response that our body is having because we've actually trained that. And I even get that myself doing them. I bet you. Like every once in a while, it's like that hip flexor goes. It's like. My phone. Oh, wait, I don't have my phone in my pocket. Yeah, or when you hear your <laughs> alarm on someone else's phone go off because mm. they just have the same sound, and then you're like, oh, "What's going on?" Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. For for me, I personally don't have that as much as other people because my phone's on silent all the time. Okay. And so I don't have that vibration going off all the time with my phone just because it's always on silent for school or my job. So I think that there's a, a couple of things that we could look at. In fact, we could kind of look at two cohorts. That is, we could look at individuals who didn't grow up with phones that got exposed to them later on in their life. Mm. And, uh, and we still see some of these same behaviors, right? In which mm-hmm. they're really engaged into the phone. And, and what do we see in terms of the effects of that is disconnection. Mm-hmm. We see them not... Yeah. Being, we see somebody texts them and they're involved in an activity with people and all of a sudden they're not there anymore, right? They're on their phone, they're texting and they might as well not even be in the room. In fact, it's almost worse that they are in the room because it creates this distance while there's proximity. Well, mm-hmm. it's that school hallway as I was talking about before where everyone's on their phone instead of talking to each other. Mm-hmm. It's just a really odd environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not... Granted, I, I graduated high school back yeah. in, in 2006, but I'm just imagining what it's like going down those hallways and like everybody's just got their head down and you're and I'm like, hey, Joni, hey, Tim. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you know, I'm talking about school hallways, but, you know, I also think of going on public transit. Like, this isn't just for teenagers like yeah, teenagers sure. have phone addiction but yeah. just as much as adults yeah, do yeah so so we look at those effects we say let's look at that cohort that didn't grow up with phones yeah. mm-hmm. and and we go what are some of the things that are happening well those those people um, it, they'll talk about the good old days you know they'll talk about you oh, know yes. I grew up in the 1980s and we were <laughs> running around we're, we're whatever doing this or doing that and, and, and all of these things that were more kind of connecting mm-hmm. and, um, and, and yet the, the phone is actually part of what is, is causing the distance for them now, now that's a bit of a different effect we could say the, the, the because they have a baseline or a period of life that was different and then we could say the phone actually likely is a, a big part of causing some of the changes that, that, that have happened for them. Then we have a, a different cohort, and that is um, we have people that grew up in the phone era. Mm. Now, now, for them, they don't have a developmental history that predates the phone. And we could, we could, we could say, actually, um, the, the phone isn't just causing a, a, a problem the phone actually changed the way they developed. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And that's more dangerous. It's more like I'm, I'm not saying that adults don't need to settle their phone stuff down. They do. Mm-hmm. It's just that one of the, the core things that a human being needs to develop is they need to learn how to deal with uh, feelings of um, 
uh, sorry, the word just jumped out of my head. Uh, they, they need to, to learn to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and one of the things that would interfere with that is if I automatically have a soothing device... And we got some dogs barking yeah, in the background. Yeah, Isn't that yeah. lovely? <laughs> that, that, that's real life, right? <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of communication, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's a dog trying to communicate. Yeah, the dog's like, something's going on, something's going on. Mm-hmm. What, who, who, who is that dog's owner there? Because, come on, your, your dog's trying to communicate with you. You just can't wait for this to come <laughs> yeah. out. No, yeah. But, but that, that position around yeah. learning to be vulnerable. Now, if you have something that you don't need to be vulnerable um, that, that I can soothe myself. I can disengage from whatever it is that is causing me a level of distress by just simply turning this on. This is where there is a vast danger that is happening as parents are just handing a screen to their kid because yeah. they're regulating themselves through this device. Yeah, and, and, and as you say that, another thing too that comes to my mind that I just thought of is how is this changing when we do communicate with people, especially through text message, um, like when people will, will ghost others, like where you're not, where you're able to avoid uncomfortable conversations Sure. through just saying, oh, I'm not going to text you or... Um, it's you're you're really not learning how to communicate and really to be able to um, fully accept all those nonverbal cues from people and and really all the information that comes in, even as we're having an eye to eye conversation with a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, this kind of splinters a little bit, right? Like uh, one, just as you talked about, that is what does communication look like and how that changes in terms of how I, I learn to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and the, the other part being around um, how do I developmentally um learn and grow and 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 attachment theory has taught us that healthy human beings learn through their attachments mm-hmm. and and it means that we need to be uh on the same page or the word that they use is to be attuned mm-hmm. you know we are attuned what happens when somebody is texting someone back while they're in the middle of a conversation with you what happens to the attuned process and uh it, what what happens when a child feel some dysregulation they don't want to listen to their parent or something is going on and they just want to grab that ipad and get back on paw patrol mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely or um or even worse like you said um you know the child is is dysregulated and rather than the parent dealing with it it's like oh here honey i'll give you this for sure this will make you feel better exactly yeah so rather than like wait, wait, let's talk about how you're feeling here just or watch let's Paul. even just sit in it together mm-hmm. and and me recognize that that we can get through this it's not going to last forever i can be with you in this uh time and help you through that attuned position, which would mean my mirror neurons are connecting with yours. No, and it means that that you will learn through my regulation how to be regulated. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like there, there's just, uh, we're, we're trying, we're, we're, um, we're, I don't know if you and I have kind of, 
don't know why this is coming to my mind, but it's it's almost like that that idea of toxic positivity, mm. you know, and just sort of like rather than dealing with that, we're just going to go and find what makes us happy. Like let's all be positive. Let's just do like what's let's what, avoid anything uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. What, what, let's go into a reality where we feel comfortable. I mean, people talk about you know that we're siloing into opinions. But what are we also siloing against? Emotions. For sure. Well, like, you go into that reality and there's no emotion at all. You know, you can go through social media and see everyone in their best life. And, you know, you can get a little bit upset of that. You know, just at the back of your mind. Or you can watch a video that makes you happy. Or you can just be on your phone and just set into a reality where you don't have to feel anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just be on a screen and not be with other people that make you feel that emotion. For sure. And and s- since this culture of how to be a person really is handed through uh, attachment, yeah. and, uh, and then we've got such a powerful device that we are attaching to that becomes our primary uh, attachment. But what is a, how, how is a phone supposed to teach you how to be? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and as you say that, they talk about the fact that when we read text messages, that when that happens, um, that we tend to actually, uh, we actually tend to misread a lot of things as more negative than that because what it is is that we're not getting those um, subtext. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, in, uh, not only that, but like the emotions back and forth. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a mirror that it then kind of bounces back sure. on us and kind of yeah. bleeds into our like and what I mean by subtext is tone body language all of those things that give context to yeah. what is being said emojis can only do so much <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> like whoops I did not mean to send the poop emoji <laughs> oh no I am sorry I was trying to send smiley face <laughs> yeah well, I LOL they were crying, can only, <laughs> not laughing <laughs> yeah. and, and LOL can only do so much you know yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so uh, one of the things that, that really kind of I think can pull some of this together is an example I think we talked about this before Alyssa when we were saying hey uh, let's have a chat of, of, about this as we're we're talking about um, putting together a podcast, and and that is, look at those kids that go into a new situation, and what are they automatically going to do? Mm. They go into a new situation, and in order for new connections to happen, people have to make eye contact. People have to then through that eye contact they'll they'll start to talk to each other um, except that that's really uncomfortable I don't want to be vulnerable what if people don't like me um, I feel nervous about meeting some new person so mm-hmm. I'm just going to get on my phone now I don't feel vulnerable Yeah. not only that though but I just put a wall up mm-hmm. that says don't talk to me well, even, because you can't make eye contact with them and so forth yeah well even standing in line at the grocery store you know it's you're just standing there, maybe looking around a little bit, and then you just can't take enough of it. Then you go on your phone and wait for your turn. And you see that so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's almost like we, we can almost stand like that five seconds of boredom. Yeah. It's like, okay, there's nothing colorful in front of us. Okay, what can I look at? There we go. <laughs> you don't have to smile at anyone, make any awkward eye contact. Right? Yeah. And then people are going... 
Why don't kids know how to socialize? Oh, because they're just texting all the time. That's what they... Well, that's true, but it's also because when they feel vulnerable in a situation where they're going to be exposed to new people, then they are doing what they, how they know how to deal with vulnerability, and that is they're putting their phone in front of their face. Yeah, no, and um, as that comes up, I almost think of um, adults, too, like you guys were talking about bus rides. How many random people did you meet or that I've met just on a bus ride and that ends up turning into a friendship? How many people, because, you know, people say we're lonely, mm-hmm. but that's because we're not having those random interactions. For anymore. sure. Yeah, like lately, one of the things that I've uh, got into is is disc golf. And one of the things I've purposefully done is uh, on the disc golf course. And the funny thing is, I still have my phone on me because it's recording all of my my scores, right? Um, but I put, I put it in my pocket every single time after I, I've recorded the score. I end up, running into somebody there say in front of me and uh and 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 I'll always be like hey do you mind if we just join up and and there's this new human to human interaction that happens over a shared uh something that that this, a shared interest mm-hmm. and the the world needs just simple things like that to happen more yeah no uh, absolutely uh, you don't need to have a giant event. Sometimes it's just the random things of just, you know, getting together and like you say, that that pure, simple moment. Mm-hmm. One thing that has been so beneficial to me is I've gone on a few summer camps that have been two weeks long or even just a few days and we're not allowed to have our phones. And you're thrown into this group of people who you've never met, never met before. And I have grown so much from those experiences because you're forced to talk to people who you've never met before. Yeah. And that's just not something that I would throw myself into purposefully just because I've grown up on phones like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious, Ma, with you, I know that you really control your screen time, but when you have to step away from your phone for those weeks or two weeks, <laughs> There's a motorcycle. That's what that rumbling was. Yeah, yeah. Man, man, we got we got some community happening around <laughs> yeah. us. Dogs barking, people going on a rip on their bike. We're talking about people that are not on their phones. <gasps> no, absolutely not. You know, unless the dog is watching Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how they got the dog to shut up. Here, take a look at this phone. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But um, yeah. So when you have to step away from your phone for like that week or two weeks, mm-hmm. what is that like for you like walk me through just sort of what it's like giving up your phone and uh, what it's like coming back to it um well the first time was the weirdest thing ever it was two weeks i'm actually not sure if it was the first time but this was the weirdest time for sure um at the end of the two weeks i got my phone back and it just felt so weird i cannot describe how weird it felt like the screen looked 3D in a weird way and I picked it up and it was wait, way wait. too light. What, it was just, what kind of mushrooms were you having on that camp? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know, but it was just like the weirdest thing to be introduced to this technology. Um, but at the beginning of the camp, um, it, was, it wasn't it was actually that hard for me because I try to not be attached to my phone and I say, I'm not going to go on my phone for the rest of the day. Um, so it wasn't as difficult for me as it was for other people. But I definitely felt like oh i'm gonna check my back pocket oh right my phone's not there it was just weird to not have that on me yeah. and i definitely had those habits 
Have you ever heard of um, the uh, pseudo um, diagnosis of nophonia? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, yeah. in, in other words, you're, you're talking about these kind of withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. No, exactly. And now that like they've come out, I remember watching. I think it was either Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, where a guy had actually come out with a, a, br- a brick of wood that, that was shaped like a cell phone and painted like a cell phone for people as a transitional object. And I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining everybody going out on a camping trip with no phonia and everybody hauling around their transitional objects. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yes. another thing that got me stirred, um, to, one thing that started me thinking about this whole phone thing was my parents, they found this um, little quiz online to see how addicted to your phone you are. Mm-hmm. And all the questions were general addiction questions. Yeah. They're like, do you ever lie about not being on your phone? You know, how often do you use your phone in a day? Do you ever have the feeling of, um, where's my phone even though it's not around? Mm. Things like that. Just general addiction questions that you would answer, be answering in rehab or something. And it was really interesting to see that correlation between the two. Yeah, sure. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like, a, a, Gabor Mate has a certain way of defining uh, addiction and, and understanding the causes um, beneath it. And, uh, and I really do uh, follow that, that process that uh, is kind of the, the reason why I was talking about development. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the position in which people really have a good, attuned, attached experience in life is the ultimate um, protective factor. Uh, whether you're talking about addiction, whether you're talking about mental health, whether you're talking about physical ailments uh, like rheumatology and uh, many other, other other conditions, and uh, and, and so it's, it's it's interesting because nobody has um, an attachment history that's perfect. Um, it, it means that every single one of us. Um, have a, a, a potential vulnerability to something that is going to feel connecting, and uh, and we got to make sure that we're connecting to the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, and you know, I almost wonder because you mentioned that, and I mean, you mentioned with addiction. I almost think of because technology isn't going away, and I mean, you. Uh, Phones are not like uh, an addiction like alcohol where you can potentially abstain. How are we going to have a balance of if you create if you have a phone addiction or a technology addiction, how do you live in a world with technology and not just perpetually keep that addiction going? Yeah, for sure. It's so hard to balance, mm-hmm. you know. And I sometimes I'll be going um, four hours without my phone and then think, oh my goodness, what if I just got this really important phone call? Because those things happen. You know, people expect you to have your phone on you, you know, and then they'll call you in an emergency and then like you have to pick up, you have to have your phone on you. And it's just culturally, you have to have your phone on you. And it's so hard to try to go without your phone just because other people expect you to have your phone on you. And and then, then it's like, you didn't answer me. You know why didn't you pick up your phone? And um, and why are you and, ghosting me? Yeah, and you're like, um, yeah. Well, actually, I really wish my phone was plugged into a wall and had a cord on it because then 
you wouldn't expect me to just pick up my phone anytime. In fact, it drives me crazy. I'm like, look, my phone is for me to have convenience, not for you to have convenience <laughs> to get me whenever you want. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah it's kind of like Lucy, you know, the doctor is in, the doctor is out, <laughs> the doctor is not on call 24-7. Right, for sure. And psychiatric help is five cents. <laughs> I think it's so important to be talking about, you know, what started this all because there is such a great emphasis right now on what can we do to help people who are struggling with mental health now that people are struggling everyone is struggling what can we do but yes. I've, I've just been thinking of wait why are we thinking about um what we do now can't we think of something prevention wise yes 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 like, exactly what's the prevention to yeah, all of this for sure and I, and I think that's what our conversation really is about you you talk about that position of how do people create balance and it's a very important question because we've got a lot of people in that that situation. In fact, I think, I think this this is a, a spot where maybe we can make a plug for some resources, right? Yeah. Uh, well, in fact, why don't you go ahead and do that, and then yeah. um, we'll we'll come back to the to, to your point about prevention. All right, folks. Well, I guess we're we're doing a bit of a plug. This is not a commercial, but. Um, in prepper, as you hear me rifling through my papers, that's how much research we do for this. Um, there is a wonderful uh, website called the Center for Humane Technology. Um, it has a lot of tips, tricks, um, and um, a lot of well-researched papers about how um, technology can impact uh, people across the lifespan. If you want to learn more about uh, that you can go to their website, which is www.humanetech.com uh, to check that out. Um, and yeah, I've, I've checked it out. The one thing that I actually found the most interesting on there was they say that you are not supposed to introduce um, technology to kids until they're approximately five years of age or older. So, you know, you ask yourself, can you actually hold off on all technology until your child reaches five? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think this kind of stuff is really important. Now, why is it they're saying that? Why they're saying that is because they understand it's going to interfere with their development. Mm -hmm. Now, that comes back to, uh, to what you were, you were talking about before yeah. around um, here we are with such an emphasis on depression or anxiety. Now, I'm not saying those things aren't important. They are. In fact, that's what this whole podcast is about, is yes. about humanizing this, which means that we're taking away this idea that it's a biological truth. Actually, it's a developmental process that happens. Mm -hmm. People develop into wellness, and when that is interfered with, then they experience something other than that. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and, and, and so, I, I think part of the dialogue or conversation here is really for people to start to um, uh, understand, especially those that don't see it as a problem. Uh, people are not going to be motivated to do something different unless first they understand that there's a, there's a problem. And they have a position of just having this curiosity about this conversation, how does it apply to me? And they go, oh yeah, I checked that box, I checked, oh, hmm maybe actually this is interfering with my life. If I think about my wellness, I think about my mood and so forth, huh, maybe there are ways that I could be improving as I start to take a look at this. Maybe maybe I need to really better understand how I am working with my three or four-year-old 
or my 10 or 12 year old in terms of, of this this stuff yeah yeah well and, and right when you say that you know I'm, I almost think of as adults you have to think to yourself you know that if you're working with your three and your four year old you have to think to yourself okay that's how they're reacting to technology how is my embodied child reacting there and kind of step back and go yeah, if, if my five-year-old is acting like that, what is the five-year-old inside of me doing that has had all of these years and various other things going on? What is what is he or she saying? Do, do they really want to watch another video or do they want to have that connection with the attachment figure yeah, inside of us? for sure. And then, then we, yeah. can, we can say to ourselves, even in that position, ah, if I'm spending so much time attaching to my phone... That means that there's something missing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I need to focus on that. I need to focus on these, the way in which I am attaching to myself, whether that's yoga, on your phone, <laughs> <laughs> on my phone, of course. <laughs> you know, everything's of course, on my phone. Uh, of course, uh, I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, um, whether that's you know ways in which I'm I'm connecting to my community, yeah. with people, mm-hmm. yeah, or or even if you said just kind of being able to connect with myself and mm-hmm. sort of sit in silence with thoughts mm-hmm. yeah cool um well i i really kind of feel like we've kind of pulled a bunch of stuff together um, like i'm wondering if there's any 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 things that are that maybe in conversation have have really stood out or that uh, that are the leftover thoughts as we come close to the end. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw the one over to you, Alyssa. Like the, any wrap up thoughts? Yeah, any wrap up thoughts? Um, I think that is there is such a huge misconception about who has phone addiction. Um, I've as a as a teenager, well, I guess not legally anymore, but I still feel like a teenager because I'm only 18. Um, but <laughs> there's this all these fingers being pointed at teenagers for phone addiction. Um, but I think that more people need to really take those surveys as I've done, um, just trying to figure out how addicted to your phone really are you? Because I don't know anyone who has a phone and doesn't have some level of addiction to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would love to see a phone made that is very limited and what it has. Like phones, they just keep getting more and more and more stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all this, this amazing technology. It's amazing. But I would love to see a phone made that doesn't have all of that. And that's not just a little flip phone that, works half the time <laughs> you know I you know like that's, that's a really good point thing. yeah and i actually uh they do make what what they call dumb phones um mm-hmm. that they that are that are like that actually they're they're actually quite expensive if you just want they're in some cases they're more expensive so interesting yeah yeah because they're designed yeah. for people to not to actually detox from their cell phone that's so curious i mean it just reminds me i when I, I bought a, a vehicle, a truck, and uh, and they're talking about all this stuff, I was like, "Wow, really? It comes with a blender? A blender? 
<laughs> no, it, it didn't really come with a blender. But uh, but but it's like you a, you know, like that kind of level. And it's like, wow, all these things. And then I start driving it, and then I go, I don't need all these things. Yeah. Well, well like, yeah. Well, well, well I, and I don't. I actually don't want all of these things. I just want uh, life yeah. needs to start to become simple again. Yeah. Yeah, and they've tried to do that with phones. They've made it so that you can block websites. Like I've blocked Instagram. Um, like the website on my phone so that I don't delete the app and then go onto the website, it's blocked. And um, there's all those screen time limits that you can set on your phones. Mm-hmm. And I've set those too, but man, I just, I get that little reminder of you've ran out of your screen time and then I type in my password and move on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, I think that that's so interesting. The fact that they create the phones, but yet we're the ones that kind of have to go and then put in the limits. The creators of the phone kind of never went out and went, oh, hang on, we're creating this. Here's the recommended guidelines, your, your daily dose, <laughs> kind of like the doctor. Yeah, I think it's actually a great thing that we can customize it because everyone has a different life. Everyone has different priorities. Um, but at the same time, for me, it is so hard to just say no to all of that because it can have social media it can have all of these things but maybe it's not the best thing for me to have all those things and i try to go without them and i still have the option and so of course i'm going to go to it mm-hmm. so one of the the last thoughts i was thinking about is thinking about my own process and i go huh, i have a son that's 16 and i think he's better at this than me you know, there's times in which he just goes and he watches YouTube videos for a long time. Um, but when when we're out somewhere and we're doing something or we're eating or we're... Um, he's, I don't see his phone. And uh, he, yeah. he's not reaching for that to, you know, send a, a snap to somebody that just snapped him or something. He's actually en- the worst. engaged with the yeah. people that he's with. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. He, yeah, he's he's learned those healthy habits. Mm-hmm. So why don't we pull things to- together today in the podcast? We've been discussing phone addiction. I want to thank uh, our guest Alyssa Milner to our listeners. Uh, thank you for joining us, and please join us again for another stimulating conversation. This is Jeremy Alcorn. I'm Trent Nakers. See and you next time. We'll see you next time. This podcast is intended as general information. We are glad that you joined us today. We hope this message has been as meaningful to you as it has been to us. If you're looking for help, you can find us on Facebook at Humanizing Mental Health or at humanizingmentalhealth.ca. Humanizing Mental Health is a plugged-in media production. Thank you.